Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. So we're going to be before you quickly. We want to talk to you about the ministry of reconciliation. Let me give you this quickly. I want you to write this down. I want to give you this quickly. The greatest tragedy in life is not death. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but it is to be alive and not know why. I want to give you that one more time. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but it is to be alive and not know why you're alive. It is to be alive and not know your why. Let me tell you this second thing. The biggest mistake you can make is to be successful at the wrong thing. The biggest mistake you can make is to be successful at the wrong thing. That means, Janine, you spend your whole life with your ladder against the wrong wall. And so we come to church to learn what God says about my destiny. We come to church for our future to be released. I will say to you today that God loves you so much that he not only forgives you for your past, but he bursts and reveals your future. And the more you yield and the more you lean into him, you can find out how God thinks about you. So in this scripture, it's 2 Corinthians 5 verses 14, we want to read this to you quickly. He says, for Christ's love compels us, Jesus, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. I want you to, I want you to re realize this reality that Christ died for all of us. Why? Because we were all dead. That means that we did not have the life of God. Well, Brother Omar, when did that happen? When the first man, Adam, sinned, you were with him. You were in his loins, you were in his seed. So when, you, when he fell, you fell. When he died, you died. So Christ is the last Adam. And so when Christ died, he died for every way in which you miss God's mark. He died for it. And when he lives and you receive him, you live. And what that means is death no longer has to have control over your life. 
The challenge with society is we don't know how to deal with death. And Christ says, I'm going to deal with death by dying for what's killing you. Oh, my God. That's what makes the difference from every other faith. No other faith died for what was killing me. For some of us, our habits are killing us. So he died for those habits. For some of us, it's our mindset that's killing us. Do you realize that what you have right now is a manifestation of your mind? So in order for you to enter into what God really has for you, you got to lose your mind. Because your mind, your natural mind does not have the capacity to handle the mind of God. Am I talking to anybody? Your natural mind does not, Pastor Bob, have the capacity to handle the magnitude of how God thinks about you. Janine, if God exposed to you the totality of how he thinks about you, you'd have a stroke. Too much. It's too much for you to, you to handle. Some of us can't even receive when your, 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 your husband says he loves you. So how much more when God shows you the manifold, God, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Some of us can't even handle somebody giving us a gift. So God in his wisdom, so that you don't have a stroke, he reveals his love for you little by little. Oh my God. Go back to this scripture. And so verse 15 says, and he died for all, this is big, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died, and for them he was raised again. So what God is saying is this, I'm going to lift the framework for you. I'm going to set you up where you no longer have to live for yourself. I'm going to, anytime you are moving in a dimension with God, he lifts you higher than yourself. Anytime you are moving in a dimension with God, he's going to show you something greater than yourself. In fact, when he shows you him, then you can find yourself. So you got to find enough of him so you can find yourself. God, am I talking it's to anybody? for us to recognize the lie in trying to be free on our own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk, Janine. The lie in trying to be free on our own. When we try to say, I want to be free, I'm going to do things my way, you actually make yourself a slave to the wrong thing. Yes. Come but when in. you make yourself a slave to, to, of God, like Paul said, a slave to Christ, then you find freedom. Why does it seem the exact opposite than what we have been taught and what our uh, friends and family yeah. and the culture says? Because you're not from here. We keep telling you, 
You're not from here. For the people that didn't see it or didn't hear it, well, then where am I from, Janine? Somebody tell them who was listening. Where are you from? Where's mm. your country? Mm. Y'all saying it like y'all not sure. What country are you from? Heaven. So in heaven, you're here as an ambassador, but there are different rules where we come from. Yeah. So where we come from, as ambassadors of heaven, being a slave makes you free. A slave of God. Mm. That's how you find freedom. Ooh. That's how you find peace. That's how you find joy. Yeah. That's how you find success. Yeah. That's how you make sure your ladder is not up against the mm. wrong wall. That's how you make sure you don't find yourself lying there like we was watching my uncle lie there who had passed away. That's how you make sure that when you become absent from the body that you will be present with the Lord. You got to abide by the rules of your country yes, and yes. stop thinking that you're from the United States or Jamaica or <laughs> wherever you come say on, you're from. On. No, you're from heaven. Mm. Mm. A citizen of heaven. And if you behave as such, you will change your world. But if we behave as such together in communion, we'll turn the world upside mm. down. Mm. 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 And so... And so that's why the scripture says he was sent from above. Above is heaven. He was sent from above. That's why Colossians chapter 3, he says, set your affection on things, things what? Above. 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 Everything that God ordained from your life, he already settled it in heaven. That's why you don't got to worry. The plan for your life is already settled. That's why you don't have to worry. Watch this. So he says in this scripture, verse 16, he says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Mm -hmm. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, I want you to underline that. The new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. So he's saying that if you are in Christ, everything that is old has passed away. Them old pictures that you still got on the mantle, he's saying take that life is, oh my God. He's saying there's a life that he says in Christ that passed away. There's a life that some of us are holding on to. He's saying that life has passed away. That life is dead. That life is buried. When did it die? When I went down. I, I died for that life so that you may live unto me. But you, you have to receive the gift yes, of it. Yes, You have to receive yeah. the gift of it. To be a beneficiary, you have to receive the gift That's of right. it. It's right there for you. But you have to accept it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so when, you, when you are in Christ, the thing that you want to think about is, what do I get when I'm in Christ? That's Here's good. the first thing that you get when you're in Christ. Eternal life. That means that you will live forever. Yeah. That means that you will not experience eternal damnation. 
You have eternal life. The Bible calls it the Zoe type life. What does that mean? It's the God type life. It's a higher quality of life. He said, I, in me is life and this life is in my son. So that means that you will experience the plan of God right here and the life after. When you accept his son, Jesus Christ. So when you are in Christ, you can move with the authority that I have eternal life. What does that mean? I'll live forever. So if you're 70 years old right now, your 70 years is nothing compared to you living eternally. And if you, and the other thing that he frees you up with, that if you know you have eternal life, why you live scared then? Why do you live unwilling to take risks? Why do you live unwilling to trust God when I saved you from the fire? I've saved you from death. I rescued you from hell. And you're going to get scared on me? So he's given you eternal life. The second thing he gives you is he gives you his divine love. Somebody say love. That means that the love of God is when, when you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your body and the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. And the Holy Ghost, because he loves you, he shows you your future. Somebody talk to me. Love will show you your future. God loves you so much, Norman Brown, that he'll show you your future. That's why we can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody else and say, show me the God that shows you your future. I'll show you Christ. Show me the God that gives you eternal life. I'll show you Christ. Show me the God that'll have me reign forever. I'll show you Christ. And the third thing that he gives you, somebody say this, he makes you an overcomer. Oh, my God. The Bible says that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal body. That means that you have the same spirit operating for you. That means that you can be in your worst situation and make it back. Why? Because you have the spirit of an overcomer inside of you. You can lose your home. You can lose your marriage. You can lose your children. You can lose your house. You might even lose your mind and get it back again. Because you are an overcomer. There's always hope for you because the spirit of the overcomer lives inside of you. That's why you might get sad for a minute, but you don't have to stay sad. You don't have, you might be down for a minute, but you don't have to. Jesus, I might have lost my job for a minute, but I ain't gonna always. Why? Because he overcame. And as he is, so am I. As he is, so am I. See, the more that you hear this word, you can have faith in it. As he is, so am I. What did he come back from? Death, hell, in the grave. So why can't you come back from somebody talking about you? So why 
can't you come back from a foreclosure? So why can't you come back from having a bad day? Why can't you come back from a tragedy that hit you? Why, why, why? You gotta know that you have an overcomer. When you know that you know, you can walk in any room because I know. And here's the thing that the devil is afraid of. He's afraid that you might find out. Find out what? The truth about yourself. Because when you find out, you will say, I've been lied to. That's why the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. When you start walking into the truth to Sean, you'll, you'll realize how much you've been lied to. And the devil rules by lying. Yes, the father of That's why for some people, with some people when they get saved, the last thing that leaves your life is lying. He's the, he's the, the devil is the father of lies. So he uses lies to take your mindset. He uses the lie to deceive your children. Why would you want to serve God? Look at all these other people having fun. Why would you? There's nothing in serving God. Look at everything you could have mm -hmm. if you serve me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want to serve God? Yeah. It's a lie. Mm. Let me say this to you. When you love God, sometimes it will look like you're losing. Yeah. Watch this, watch this. And pastor said, it might even feel like you're losing. Yeah, yeah. Anybody ever felt like you're losing? Yes. You wake up with the L. <laughs> Not a blunt. But you feel like you're losing. The Spirit of God told me, he said, some parents might even feel like they're losing their kids. So let me say this to you. This is what the Spirit of God said to me. Let me give it to you. I'm going to release this to you. He said to Solomon, who was one of the richest men in the world, he said, Solomon married the wrong person. Who he married drew his heart away from God. 
And he did it over and over and over again. That's why you got to be careful who you're in relationship with. He's not just talking about a physical marriage. He's saying that whoever you connect with, pay attention to what they do to your heart. That's right. That's good. Pay attention to if you're with that person, could you worship with that person? Could you pray with that person? Could you love God with that person? And he said to Solomon, these marriages have drawn your heart away from me. But for the sake of your father, this is the word for the parents. His father whose heart was after God. David had a heart what? After God. Come on, Janine. He had a heart what? After God. He said, for the sake of your father's prayers. Yeah. Woo. Now, this is what I want to remind all of you who have fears that you're losing your children to the streets. You got to pray because God said, David, for the sake of your prayers. God, y'all don't hear me. Elder Duckett, for the sake of your prayers. Guess what he does? He said, there's certain things that I will not do to your children in their lifetime. Jesus, y'all don't hear it. Y'all don't hear that word. Y'all don't hear that word. There's certain things that I will not do to your children in their lifetime because of your prayers. Now watch this. If I'm talking to children, now if you are a beneficiary of somebody else's prayers, what I want to say to you you don't know how much time you have. God, you, see, you don't know how much time you have. No man know the timing of God. So that's why you got to make a decision for yourself because you cannot skate on dad's prayers. You cannot skate on grandma's prayer. You cannot skate on Aunt Susie's prayer. You got to make a decision for yourself. Come on. Come on. It's good. Come on. Keep teaching. Come on. It's good. Come on. And he said, because of your prayers. Yeah. That's why parents, no matter what your children look like, keep praying. Keep on praying. No matter what they do. No matter what they smoke. No matter who they with. Keep praying. Keep praying. Ah. Keep praying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. No matter what they do, keep, keep praying. teaching. Keep talking. You, keep Jesus. praying. An old woman told me, she said, They hear you. They hear you. Keep talking. Keep teaching. Keep loving, keep correcting, keep inviting them. They hear you. Yeah. Now, Janine, yes. I want you to tell them the danger yeah. Thank you, of not making a decision Thank for you, yourself. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The danger of not making a decision for yourself. So here's the warning that the Holy Ghost yes. told us to deliver to you, and we receive it as well as the body. So here's the warning of the Holy Ghost. It's in Luke 
18, 11 through 14. The Pharisee stood up and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes to heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful unto me. God, be merciful unto me. God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. Justified means just as if it never happened. Just as if he had never sinned. Why? Because he had a heart that cried out, God, be merciful unto me. I'm a sinner. He knew who he was. He said, I'm a sinner. That word sin means to miss the mark. It means to miss the mark. He said, God, be merciful unto me. I'm a sinner. And because that man had that kind of heart, he went down to his house just as if he had never sinned. Rather than the other, verse 14, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humble himself shall be exalted. The Holy Ghost says that we gotta beware the enemy of the ministry of reconciliation. The enemy of the ministry of reconciliation. That thing that will destroy everything that Jesus did to save us. That thing that will cause us not to be able to walk as ambassadors in the earth with the authority and the power that he's given to us is a pharisaical spirit. Despite the differences that the Pharisees and the Sadducees had with Jesus, with his teaching, they were sects. They were two different sects, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they were arguing among each other and all of this. The Sadducees, when you study it, they were known as the the elite. They were very, very wealthy. The Pharisees were what we would call like middle class. But they were all arguing. And the thing that we have to understand is when they, as much as they despised each other, they despised Jesus more. Why? Why did they despise Jesus more? Why did they despise Jesus to the degree that they were bloodthirsty, that they wanted him killed? What was it? What do you think it was? Yell something out to me. Why did they hate Jesus and his teaching so much that they wanted him dead? Somebody shout something out to me. Envy. Exposure. Who said fear? Stand up. Fear. That's right. Fear. What were they afraid of? Somebody said it in the back. Stand up. Who said power? They. Yes. Mom, Jelaine, I hear you. I don't know who that is back there screaming power, but we heard you too. Remember, it was not even as religious as and pious and sanctified as they all presented themselves. They didn't care really as much 
about the teaching and whether the teaching was right and whether the Jews that they were trying to influence got the right teaching. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were in place by the Roman Empire. They were in place by the Roman Empire to make sure that what happened? They were to make sure they stayed in line, like Pastor said, and to make sure that they paid their taxes. The ones who were empowering them, who were emboldening them, told them, we don't really care what you teach. Y'all can argue amongst yourselves, but get my paper. So it wasn't as much about them really caring whether people got the right word, if you will. It was really about the power and the purse. It was about the power and the purse. And so why does all of this matter in the context of what Pastor Omar is saying? It matters because Jesus cared about the people. He said, I don't, he did everything the Pharisees and Sadducees hated. Everything they told him was wrong. You don't keep the Sabbath. That was one of the main things they cared about. You eat with unclean people. That was the second thing they really cared about. You teach and you heal on the Sabbath. You, you teach, you eat with publicans. You're a friend of sinners. You bail out adulterous women. Like, what are you doing? They didn't even care as much about him being the Messiah, but they cared about losing their power in their purse. And so why does this matter for us? It wasn't the righteous indignation that upset them. It wasn't. Here's the question we got to ask ourselves. What about me? The Holy Ghost starts speaking to me. I said, wait a minute, what about me? Search my heart and know. Search my heart and get what needs to be cleaned up in me. What is it about me? That's the question we want you to begin to ask Holy Spirit. What is it in me? What parts of me are pharisaical? Am I very judgmental? Do I think I can do everything better than somebody else? Am I envious? When I say that I'm gonna pray for my brother or sister, do I really pray for them? Am I constantly telling my children and the unsafe people in my life what they're doing wrong and that they're going to hell and all, what, what, how, how do you act? I know y'all like Omar's preaching better. <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm so teasing you. I'm only being obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling us. And I'm excited that he's telling us this. You know why? Because it's letting me know we're going somewhere. We're going places. We're going places because he only chastens those whom he loves. So he's trying to get our hearts together. He's putting the spotlight on us because when we bring all of it together, that same resurrection power that Pastor Omar is preaching about mm. that's, that's causing you not to have to stay down because of foreclosure, that's causing you not to have to worry if they tell you you were sick and you're going to die, that same resurrection power that he's telling you can have you can remain hopeful for your children, guess what? Here's the part I get excited about. Now, I'm not coming down here running around like yeah, you even yeah. though my heart is on the floor, but let me tell you this. 
I'm excited because he's saying this to us. I promise you. I promise you he's saying this to us because when we apply it individually, because he keeps talking about this communal, communal, this mm. communal impact. Mm. If he can do that for you as an individual, raise you up again from anything, what will he do for us as a community? As a community. We don't have to be Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, say it again. Come on. If the people of God come together with an understanding that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that lives inside of you can lift you up from your darkest place in life, what would happen if we all showed up for prayer together? If we all went out on the streets together? Together, together, together. I know it's a different sacrifice when we start talking about doing things together. Nobody likes being alone more than me I can literally be in my house for hours and days and months and not talk to anybody and be perfectly happy an introvert of introverts if Paul was a <laughs> she telling y'all the truth and some of you might say that, that, that can't be true you stand up here, you teach, you preach, you pray, you go out on the corners. Guys, I do it because I am afraid to be a disobedient to the call of God on my life. Yeah. I know this is helping somebody who is just feeling like they can't do it. You want to do it, but you can't do it. The it is whatever God is calling you to do. But I promise you that if you cast off fear and obey and join with the people of God, get up. You're really not doing anything from 8.30 to 9.30 in the morning on Saturday. Come pray with the people of God. Get up. Push past the fear. Push past the doubt. Push past the whatever people are throwing at you. Make it a priority to come into the house of God on Tuesday night. See, when we start showing up in those off times... Something's going to happen. I promise you. And it's not, it doesn't have to be everybody. But I'll tell you one thing. When the right remnant comes together, you're going to say, I wish I had jumped in while the water was troubled. I wish I had jumped in while the water was troubled. And so the Holy Spirit is challenging us to check ourselves. He's challenging us to stop making excuses. Yeah. He's challenging us to stop watching what's going into your eye gate that you know is no good for your spirit. He's challenging us to give your tithe. Pay your tithe. And give your offering. And give your offering. Mm. For those of us that have been doing it faithfully for all our lives, he's challenging us. What more can you do? Why? And he's saying this. Stop being so busy trying to be successful. That's what the Pharisees His were, number were occupied with. one priority is yeah. to reconcile those that are dead to himself. Yeah. His number one priority is to save those who are lost. Are lost. Yes, that's good. Janine went to a funeral the other day. Person 20 years old. Everybody lost. The hurt, the pain 
of people just looking for answers. And here's what I want to say to you. You have it. You have it. Me just brother Omar, you have it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm challenging you to say something. Say something. Say you something. might be a teacher or a mechanic, but the real you is an ambassador. That's right. Yeah. But on the cover of Time magazine, yeah. Deion Sanders. And you know what it's called? The Believer. God, if I don't. The cover of Time magazine, it says The Believer. He's on ESPN, millions of people looking. Skip Bayless says, he said, I know we, we've talked about football. He said, tell us about your relationship with the That's Lord. That's so good. That's so good. Y'all not hearing me. He a coach, but the real him is an ambassador. Yeah. You might be a teacher, but the real you yeah, yeah, yeah. is an ambassador. Yeah. An ambassador represents their government and foreign territory. Yes. And do you realize what will happen if you put your hands on an ambassador? Woo! Come on. Say it. The whole government will come into the country and declare war because you put your hands Hallelujah. on an ambassador. Yes. Here's what I'm going to submit to you. If you commit to fulfilling God's assignment as in an ambassador, he got you covered. Yes. See, a lot of times we don't move because we don't believe he got us covered. So we just sing in the sing, but still don't believe he got us covered. Here's the thing that we don't want to testify against your life. I don't want you to see the grave and the witness would say to you, Bob, you never tried. You never tried to be a great husband. It's not good enough to say you didn't know. There's books everywhere as to how to be a better husband. It's not that you couldn't, you wouldn't. It's a willingness. Because as an ambassador, I'm the best on my job. Whether you're working at Rita's or Transilli's or, or 7-Eleven, I'm the best on this job because I'm an ambassador. Wherever, I'm the best husband because I'm an ambassador. I'm the best wife because I am an ambassador. I'm the best friend because I am an ambassador. And when you are an ambassador, mother, you don't have time for gossip. Because there's too many plans. Oh, God. There's too many plans unfolding so you don't have time to talk about people. It's in a it's an agenda. Do you realize that the name for the church is Ecclesia? Do you realize what that means? It means the called out ones. Do you realize what that means? That means, Ravella, you are called out to do his assignment. And in doing his assignment, you have peace. In doing his assignment, you have joy. And doing his assignment, he releases satisfaction. You, try, you wake up every day, 
I don't have no peace. I, I, I can't figure out what's going on. Do what he told you to do. And as you do, same thing you would tell your children. Well, you're like that because you're not doing what he told you to do. When you do what I tell you to do, guess what? You'll save your peace. Why does God love you so much? When he looks at you, Pastor Bob, he sees himself. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The price for your life was so high that he had to do it himself. Your life is so valuable that you're not even enough to do it by yourself. You come up short every time when you try to do it by yourself. So God loves you so much because he sees and loves himself. When he looks at you, he sees himself. You were created in the image and the likeness of God. You are like him. So he died for you to salvage himself. He died for you to salvage himself. Are you understanding that? That's how much he loves you. Now the Bible says that what is man that thou art mindful of him? God's mind is full of you. What is man that thou art mindful of him and he cares for me? God loves you so much that he is constantly thinking about you. But what is he thinking about? He's thinking about the plans for your life. He's thinking about what you're supposed to be doing. He's thinking about what you're supposed to be accomplishing. That's why he's never intimidated when he sees you do good things. Because he already put it in you. He already graced you to do it. He already empowered you to do it. He already gave you the assignment to do it. And when you do it, you bring him glory. Thank you, Jesus. Constantly moving us from the individual to the, to the corporate. All of what Pastor Omar is saying yes. has to come together yes. with what the assignment is yes. for us yes. to do together. And the only way that we're going to get it together is to get it together together. Yes. We the body of Christ has to stop just thinking about what's happening in our little individual area, our life, our house, our church. And to be quite honest, the church in America is not even unified in the manner that we should be. And so what God is trying to keep reminding us of is what his love is, what his sacrifice was, all of this so that we don't have to be a wreck as individuals and as individual families. But when we bring 
the whole of that healed individual and the healed families together, then we literally can do what he called us to do as his bride. So we talked as we close about all of the things that remind us what God did for us and who we are and that we can get back up again and who we aren't and we're going to check our hearts. We're not to be pharisaical in our spirits. But let's just close with a great big reminder of who we are. And I know you guys love this one. You love this scripture. People of God love this scripture. Let's remember it and walk in it. First Peter 2.9. You told me who I wasn't, now tell me who I am. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This is my favorite part. A peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you where? Out of the darkness and into marvelous. What kind of light? Marvelous. What kind of light? Marvelous. <laughs> Not just any kind of light, but marvelous marvelous light we are a peculiar people yeah. stop being mad when people tell you you don't fit in That's good. That's why good. are you angry you shouldn't look just like the culture, tell them, tell them, that culture. you dim your light when you put on what they put on yeah mm. Seek the Father and ask him what he wants you to look like, what he wants you to sound like, how he wants you to raise your children, yeah. how he wants our church to attack the, the issues in the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, Why? It's going to be different. Why? Because we're peculiar. Yeah. Ambassadors, peculiar people, coming out of darkness into the marvelous light. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.